0: In episode two of The Science Behind Feeding Cats, Dr. Carol Smea explains the purpose of our cat's whiskers. This is a super interesting episode, and I'm sure you'll learn a lot. Enjoy. I'm Jay. I'm Adrian, And together we are the two, two Crazy, crazy, crazy cat, cat Ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cut
1: you. I think I just peed. Buckle up.
0: We're back in the closet. Welcome, Welcome. everyone, and thank you so much for joining us for this Episode number two of The Science Behind Our Cats and How They Eat. Right here today, we are, we are so lucky, honored, and blessed to be joined by one of our dear friends, Dr. Carol Smeya. Well and done. I know I did it right this time. <laughs> you um, pronounced it perfectly.
1: I was worried <laughs> and, for a minute. <laughs> and
0: she is in this special episode she's going to be teaching all of us all about our cat's whiskers and the science behind the whisker and what what they what it means where they're at what they do with them. You know, a they're a they're full cute. whisker
1: profile, I think, is how. yes.
0: A full whisker <laughs> profile um, is how. the big Smeas welcome to
1: said. everyone, everyone joining us, and for anyone that missed episode one of this incredible series with Dr. Carol, um, it was all about the wild, the true wild child. Was episode number one, which I thought was absolutely fascinating. So excited to pick your brain about this topic one of my favorite things on cats which is their whiskers yes it's everybody's favorite thing isn't it
0: like the whiskers are like so cute and guess what it's whisker wednesday and which is like a a famous hashtag (laughs) everybody posts pictures of their cats whiskers on wednesday and they say it's whisker wednesday and we all love them because they're so cute and sometimes they're like different shapes and different lengths and they are you know, They're different everywhere. Colors. They're
1: in more places than you may believe, Correct. than you may be aware of. Yeah. So before we dive in uh, and really and really get going on this, uh, Dr. Carroll, will you give a short intro of who you are and why you're so brilliant, how you're changing this world um, for anyone that may not already be familiar with you?
2: Uh, well, thank you for your kind introduction. And I am so excited to be here, whiskers, are one of the most fascinating things. And I hope by the end of this session, people are going to go to their cats and start paying attention to them. You're you're going to understand so much more about what they're doing with them and you're going to become mesmerized by them. It is a fascinating topic and I could do 10 sessions on it. That's how much information, but I've consolidated, consolidated everything for you. But just to give a little bit of my background, um, my background is in psychology and sociology, and I originally started to apply my knowledge to understanding the food patterns of how people eat and their eating dynamics. And then one day, um, I had a little dog named Pippers who used to inhale her food in under 15 seconds, let out a belch that was so loud and so long that if I had people over, they'd have tears streaming down their cheeks. And one day I was making chicken and was cutting it up on a cutting board. And my daughter Hannah said, mom, why don't you give the scraps to Pip? So I put it down and lo and behold, this dog was totally mesmerized and sniffing around and everything else. I told my husband when he came home and said, Eureka. So I actually applied all of my research in psychology to studying the instinctive feeding habits of wolves and wild cats for our dogs and cats. And what I came to realize is if we understand the instinctive proportion of our pets ancestors, we have a much better understanding of who they are but importantly, how we feed them. Because one of the things that I've learned is feeding from a bowl is counterproductive to healthy eating, but this is especially true for cats. So tonight, we're going to free your cat to eat in a healthy way that they can actually enjoy and you can feel good about as a cat pet parent. Okay.
1: Hey. Love that. I'm so, so excited. So excited. I, I know we were going to use, I, I apologize because we've got uh, six um, pet platters, the small bone, which <laughs> is the,
0: the back screen here, <laughs> right? As you guys can see. <laughs> the beautiful, and you guys well, see in so many of our videos, we are flashing these all the time hey. because we feed our cats from the mine pet platter. Um, and our, our cats absolutely love it. After our last session, Dr. Carol, I went in and I um, I wrote their names on the backs of each one, so okay. so that make sure that they're eating from their uh, specific platter because you know we've got three colors and we've got six cats, so so you know two get two get red, two get blue, two get yellow. Um, so we started writing on the back. So now every day we look, and we're like, okay, this is Pooh Bear's and this is Jack's. And, and-
1: in our last session, uh, the feline
2: eating field. The feline. That's feline right. Yes. yes. Right. And so true. And as we go on, we're going to start coming up with ways that you can use the pep platter to create more of an instinctive eating field for your cats yes. that yes. is going to bring enjoyment to them as well. I'm I so excited. I I'm
0: so excited. So tell us all about the whisker.
2: Okay. Honor really? that whisker. <laughs> Odd or that? Go <laughs>
1: because some folks have actually been like, "Well, my cat's whiskers are like split, so I cut them off." No, yeah. people. Never, are-
2: yeah, never cut your cat's whiskers at all. It is disorienting to them. And today, I'm going to share information about how important it is for them functioning not only in hunting but just in their daily life. And I'm also gonna bring in a little information about, um, as you can see that leopard on the screen, I'll be talking about the whiskers on other animals as well. But uh, the key thing is to look at whiskers as sort of a built-in antenna to help cats navigate their world. And the reason why this is so important is that they are lone hunters, okay? They have to rely on themselves. So they have to be self-sufficient. And what I talked about a lot last time was their extraordinary sensory circuit that allows them to function and survive in the wild. And whiskers are a real important part of that. Basically, whiskers are an extension of your cat's skin. It's as simple as that. And they're there to detect any slight change in their environment. And this includes air current, air pressure, and even temperature. The whiskers actually pick up that information and transmit it. How do they do it? Whiskers are often referred to as tactile hairs. I'm sure when you go into pet stores, they say that all the time. But the irony about that is that these hairs really don't feel anything at all. They're simply there to transmit in information. They grow out of the hair follicles, but they're coarser and thicker, and they're basically keratin, okay?
1: Like our fingernails.
2: Exactly, exactly. And the, the more sort of professional way of referring to them is vibrissae. And what that means is to vibrate. The term comes from Latin, to vibrate. And the reason they're called that is because when air and objects come into contact with whiskers, it vibrates and that vibration goes down through the whisker into the base of the whisker where there are sensory nerves that transmit to the brain. It's all sophisticated. So when you cut off a whisker, that whisker is no longer operating in sync with the other whiskers, which can cause an imbalance. It can transmit false information, basically. The thing to always remember about why these are different, they're embedded three times deeper in the skin than their fur.
0: Wow. So
2: it is highly, highly sensitive. These are rooted deeply into the cat's body. Um, But the really interesting thing that I found out, if you notice, a cat's eyes are so big compared to its body. And that really all came about to allow them to have low light when they're hunting, to allow more light to come in. Well, the one thing I can tell you about your cat is that when he's hunting or if you're playing with him, if that toy or animal is less than a foot within his eyesight, he cannot see it. Okay? I
1: think you should repeat that. I think that that's a big thing. You know, we get questions about, you know, why does my cat put the water all over the place. And I thought that was so fascinating that they're, they're meant for a wider field of vision. So things that are close up, sometimes they need to smack the water to get that sense of depth perception. So share again, how their eyes are. Okay. Things that are close.
2: Yeah. Because their eyes are so big for low level honey to allow more light to come in. This inhibits them from seeing things within their immediate sight. Basically, uh, they can't see within like less than a foot to eight inches. So when they actually have prey in front of them, they can't see that. But the whiskers are transmitting information about where that object is through the air pressure, the temperature. All of that is being constantly read. And there's a very interesting um, video that I saw that the BBC did where they actually took um, these rapid shots, very high speed shots of a cat going after a toy in the air. And you see when it comes up close, the cat spreads out his whiskers and actually sees it between the whiskers and the paws. And that's how he gets it. Wow. It's through his eyes.
0: That is so cool. It's also cool. So, I mean, we know that cats are just like extraordinarily super beings, right? Like, mm-hmm. and we don't know all of the, all of the amazingness behind them because they're somewhat magical in many ways, right. but um when you said that as far as like when they have prey and it's like right in front of them it's their whiskers that are able to detect you know our cats will sit at a bug it's a tiny bug that sometimes we can we cannot see unless we get down on all fours and we're like what are you looking at right uh, but it will be within that short distance right and it's their whiskers that are able to detect even a tiny bug absolutely it's- extraordinary it is it is extraordinary Yep, amazing yes nicole for uh, asking the question so the whisker hole she said yes that is it's coming from the hair follicles
1: well explain a little bit though because i always call them whisker dots um if you can shed any light on this whisker dots or nicole calls them whisker holes is there you know my understanding is that they go they literally have their own muscles essentially so is is it those whisker dots are those really hair follicles or are they called something different
2: Well, it's just that it's thicker the way that it's coming out. Mm -hmm. They're thicker and coarser, so it's giving it that impact, basically. But each whisker has muscles that are associated with, and I'll be talking about how whiskers actually are a communication tool for cats, so they can regulate the position of their whiskers based on what they're doing or what they're trying to communicate.
0: I love this.
2: Keep going. Okay. Okay. Um, so, when, when we're thinking about cats, we talked about the wild child, that they're really, they're, there has been limited artificial selection. The form and the behavior of cats has pretty much stayed consistent from their wildcat ancestors 10 to 12 million years ago, which really makes them fascinating creatures. But why whiskers are so important is because it really provides information and it assists them with their other sensory components, and it's sending along vital information. And when you think about it, these sensory circuits between the whiskers, the eyes, hearing, all of this is coming together and is being processed in seconds flat. I mean, it's, it's yes. amazing. And they they have to process that quickly to survive in the wild too so um basically we know that there's 24 uh whiskers around their nose area 12 on each side and there are four rows three of each um, above the eyes and the ones above the eyes serve the very important purpose if you ever grab a whisker. Like above the eye, the eye immediately closes. That's to protect the eye. So if you go to your cat and just pull on it, you'll see his eyes will close. It doesn't
0: hurt. It doesn't hurt him, does it?
2: No, but it's an instinctive reflex. A a dust, a piece of dust could come down. See? I'll get
0: that.
1: (laughs) He's
2: like, I'm gonna talk (laughs) to you. (laughs) What are you doing?
1: The cat is, that's rude. That's rude. It's just, <laughs> just sitting So again,
2: here. It's, an, it's a protective instinct because their eyes are so critical during the hunt as well that if anything is coming down, they want to be able to protect it.
0: Wow.
2: Um, then they have it on the chin as well as the back of their front paws. So when you look at it, it's sort of like a um, protective vest of sorts that yeah. Is presenting itself so the cat can navigate the world in a protected way. Um, typically, the length of the whiskers do you know why the length of the whiskers are the way they are?
1: I have. Uh, I have okay. Is it true, Dr. Carroll, <laughs> that the length of the whisker is proportional to the width of the cat?
2: A plus. A plus. Really? And, and that allows them to navigate so they don't get stuck anywhere. If their whiskers are hitting, they know they either have to narrow their bodies, but it gives enough information to say whether or not they can fit into something. So you'll see certain animals who can reduce themselves to a certain level. Those whiskers help say, can I make it or can I not? Uh-huh. Um, so let's talk a little bit because there's, there's sort of four key areas that whiskers are providing information. First of all, it's an overall radar. It warns of potential predators. Again, air temperature, air current, whatever is going on in the environment, the whiskers are taking that information in, but it's also to alert them to prey. If there's a temperature uh, change, if they feel a different air current going by, if the air pressure changes, they know something's in the environment and all that information is starting to be processed. One of the things that I find most amazing, and I love this because i watched, I don't know, probably a hundred videos of this, um, they're body balancers, okay? And the whole thing is that there are sp- special sensory organs called propi- propiospiters, propiospiters, uh at the base of the whiskers. And this tells the cat the position of his body and his limbs in relationship to his environment. Okay, so when you, when a cat, falls from a higher height, okay? You'll see his bo- spine twist. Remember, we talked about the spine being very elastic. It's not real tight. Twist, and as he's falling, those, the wind and air current is coming up. Cats will always land on their paws, and when you see it, they position their body in a way where their back paws hit first to take most of the brunt, come forward, and that's how they avoid serious damage. Now, the really interesting thing about this is people say, oh, well, as cats get older and fall enough, they learn it. Cats seven weeks old Mm
0: -hmm. will
2: demonstrate the same behavior. So this is an instinct that has been transmitted generations in wild cats and part of that was to survive in the wild you know going from trees stalking everything else they had to be able to get that balance and um just an interesting fact in 2012 a cat fell 19 stories from a building in boston it was the highest fall that was registered and he had minor bruising.
0: That's
2: uh, over 260 feet.
0: Wow,
1: that is unbelievable. That is, you unbelievable. know, I've heard, and and correct me if I'm wrong, because I think that that's, uh, it's it's kind of um, you know, use your words. A, a misconception that cats always land on their feet. I think that there's there's been some cases where a shorter height can yeah. actually be more dangerous they, for a cat. Yeah, because they don't they say have
0: yeah, they say it's true? it's it's falling from like a two or three story, like falling from a high is much safer for a cat than falling from a short distance where they don't have that time to do their auto or re, what is it yeah. called? Riding reflex. riding reflex.
2: Yeah, and part of that may be because the time it takes to twist the body and then the tail, and what we're going to get into the tail at some point. No, in time. <laughs> That's going to be fun. The tail is the counterweight when the cat's twisting. Otherwise he would keep twirling. So the tail acts as the counterweight to get that body in balance. And then the whiskers are detecting, okay, the airflow, the air current is balanced. And that's why you never want to cut because different whiskers will transmit different information then. That's so
0: cool. That's so cool. Also, quick question: I don't know if you're going to address this. Just tell me to shut up if you are going to address it. I know it. we're getting But when you you say they they detect the um, the air pressure and the change of environment and things like that, um, and I don't know if we told you in the last one or we've talked about it recently, but um, like Zorro um, and many cats can they detect like a storm coming or for in our instance. Um, he went he just started meowing one night like for the first time he'd ever done that, and we were well, like, What is going kind of on and it was an earthquake that was about to hit, and he told us right before it actually happened and is that part of the whisker?
2: Is that something the that- whiskers are in fact um I think it's um Andrew Wellen I'm not sure of the National Weather Service, actually identified cats as being noted to be able to predict storms and earthquakes Wow! and it is the air pressure and with storms the electromagnetic changes which is also felt in their whiskers and if you go back in time even into the 1700s the um people who were on <clears throat> on ships there are stories and tales about cats predicting different weather and there were superstitions about when cats did certain things, the the shippers knew that they were going to run into a storm or something like that. Wow. So it, it may have started as folklore, but definitely there there is something related to that. Absolutely.
0: Wow. So cool. Okay. Wow. Okay. Tell us more.
2: Okay. Tell so me more. Now, aren't you going to pay more attention to whiskers now? I yes,
0: loving this
1: so hard We're just starting, so he he was like you 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 may have admire my whiskers as we speak of them yeah.
2: <laughs> well, obviously, it also helps them navigate at night if they did not have whiskers, they wouldn't be able to do it and in fact, um, zoologists have noted as well that if a cat goes blind, okay, they will still be able to maneuver in at least familiar places without any problem, just by using their whiskers and their hearing. That's why. So that's why they can adapt so very easily in your house as, as cats lose sight. I know some people have told me, you know, my cat can still move around and it's all because those patterns are familiar. He knows how to use that information to navigate the home, then.
0: Yeah.
2: Wow. Aren't they? They really Unbelievable. are. And the other thing is, it, la- it allows for precision killing. When you think about it, because they can't see the object that they're about to bite into, having that information to the whiskers tells them exactly how to get to the neck. To kill that prey and basically survive in the wild then
1: Wow and what I mean I think a lot of people um, is, I know some people have actually said they had no idea their whisker, their cats have whiskers on their on their on their, their, paws. Front, on their front yeah. mm-hmm. so uh, is that is that the main function of those little guys was my understanding was when they have prey close that's how they're able to really kind of
2: Detect. Yeah. Well, the the front whiskers do as well because the movement, okay, is coming right at them then. So they can see how, how the mouse or whatever is moving. So they know exactly where to bite in to crack the neck then. So all all of that comes together extraordinary sensory sort of. I I feel like we're we're such novices, you know, we're we're just not that perfect as they are. No, we <laughs> are definitely not, that's for sure. Yeah. No, uh, not uh,
1: situational awareness at all. Uh,
2: <laughs> but um another thing that that I find absolutely fascinating and this of course is due to mother nature, each individual whisker each one can be traced to a specific part of the brain.
0: Oh, really?
2: What? 40% of the brain's sensory area aligns with a part of the body that has whiskers. So that neural connection, those sensories, when you think of the vibrations going down, the proprioceptors, And all that information transmitting, that's how it all comes together, transmitted to the brain. So the whiskers are an important brain source of information for the brain so that they can navigate. That's
1: 40% of the brain that, can you say that again? 40% of the brain is connected to?
2: 40% of the brain's sensory area aligns with a part of the body that has a whisker, 40%.
1: Amazing. That so is, the show that's happened.
2: why when I say honor thy whiskers, we really, they're incredible things. They make them cute, but they are incredible.
0: Wow. Wow. This is awesome. Oh. So,
2: but let's talk about how they communicate as well. Um, and one of the things I hope people do is, you know, when you're, when you're with your cat, kind of watch what they're doing with their whiskers at different stages of the evening or when they're eating or whatever else, but, um, sort of a neutral or friendly position is just slightly down to the side, but when they're interested or very perked up, and this would also account for the hunting phase they pull their whiskers forward with those muscles and fan the whiskers out. And if everybody can look at the screen, there's a beautiful picture of a leopard. Um, this is from a blog, uh, LaDengoli uh, out of Africa. And leopards like our house cats are lone hunters okay lions deal with big prey they don't have to worry as much because there's always another lion lion to protect them leopards are truly lone hunters so they survive on their own but if you look have pretty whiskers on each side of their nose area and going up to that picture those whiskers are completely fanned out, Mm -hmm. like a Japanese fan almost. It's absolutely beautiful. And each of those whiskers has access to about 30,000 neurons. Wow. So for cats, each whisker is tied to about 100 to 200 neurons. But in the wild, like with the leopard, there's so much more environment and dangers and everything else that has to be processed. Again, nature provides them with what they need to survive. Mm -hmm. But I hope everybody can see the picture because the fanning is just absolutely gorgeous. And if you ever go to the zoo, take a look at that. And during feeding time, when they're coming up to a carcass, you'll see those whiskers expand. And basically, they're taking all that information in to get their prey. Um, If Jack
1: does that when he's hunting his sister, I was
0: going to say, "It's have you guys and like for like for those of you guys that are here joining us today, um, tell us if any of your cats have done this because we have a few cats that have when we're when we're playing with them with like a wand toy, right? So like mimicking prey, they will do this. Mister Biddle's used to do it the most, and Jack does it too. Where it's like their whole like this part of their like their snout comes out, their whiskers go like this, but it looks like they're like, mm-hmm. it's the cutest what thing you in like the world. Like? Mm-hmm. <laughs> can't do it. I'm not as cool as a cat, but it's like, it's like their snout comes out, their eyes get big and their, and their whiskers are just like, mm-hmm.
2: I, love so cute. I love it. Oh goodness! I mean, it's really like a work of art when you think about it. Whiskers are exactly that. <laughs> oh, <So laughs>
1: aggressive!
2: Um, uh, when they're fearful, fearful or anxious, they slightly pull back their whiskers, and their ears are pulled to the side. If they're in an aggressive mood, they'll pull their whiskers towards their face. And their ears point forward, which means I'm getting ready to attack. And uh, when they're in pain, which I and I think this is really important because, you know, people always talk about how can I tell my if my pet is in pain, um, their face flattens and the whiskers move sideways to forward. And that's an indication that they're in pain. Oh, that's wow. fascinating. That is fascinating.
1: What I think also to kind of piggyback on top of that, they you know veterinarians use the grimace scale uh, to kind of gauge if a cat yes. is 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 in pain of some kind, and the whiskers are by far the superhero of communication when it comes yeah. in many yeah, ways. Yeah, to the to the grimace scale, and that makes a lot of sense. That's yeah.
2: that's yeah. incredible. So. Not only are whiskers important to them, but it's important to you to be able to understand what's going on with your cat and what he's trying to say to you. So I I thought that was kind of fun. Uh, But now I want to hit something really important, whisker fatigue.
0: Yes. Yes.
2: And um, whisker fatigue is probably one of the most common feeding problems that cat parents have with their cats Mm -hmm. and um, the really interesting thing about whisker fatigue is cats really have no control over it. It's part of the autonomic nervous system and what that basically means is they don't have control. It's like us breathing and our heart beating. That's part of our autonomic nervous system. It just sort of goes on its own. So if the whiskers are constantly being bumped into something and overloaded stimulus-wise, it can cause stress. And some that's referred to it almost like an aversion or distaste because it's just constantly going. But this distress can also lead to a physical type indication of tears coming down mm. because so overwhelming to them and I will tell you cats have different levels of whisker fatigue some are going to be more sensitive than others so uh one of the key things you can do signs of fatigue when they're eating is pacing in front of their if you're still using a bowl which we hope you're not <laughs> uh so pacing in front of the bowl tipping the food out or relocating the food someplace else.
1: Dig it.
0: Yeah, we see all the time where, where they
2: Why dig is my the, cat food Why the food out. Why is my cat throwing all their food on the floor? Exactly, exactly. And either where they just refuse any food or water because they anticipate the, the overload that's going to be coming. So with the pet platter, as you can tell, there are no signs. When the cat even eats in the divots or the ridge around here, the whiskers are free of being touched at all. And that's what makes eating off of the platter so much more enjoyable because their their whiskers are free just to assess the general environment around them. Then,
0: Yes. Yeah. Comes, Our know- cats absolutely love eating off the mind pet platter. Absolutely love it. And we love watching, watching them
1: eat. Them eat. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
0: it's, it's fascinating, fascinating. Uh, that you can even see how they eat with the with the platter. Right. I was
1: about to say something that completely went out of my head.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, anyway, uh, just uh, a few other interesting facts to talk about. Um, and I thought this was interesting. Well, first of all, evolutionary biologists believe that whiskers came about to help mammals to sense their environment at night because that was so critical for survival. So this is something that's evolved over time. But whiskers are the first hairs to develop in the womb.
0: It develops, they develop in the womb?
2: They develop in the womb. And part of the importance of that is their eyes don't open until the second week and their ears until the third week. So the whiskers play an absolutely critical role in them navigating right after birth.
1: Wow. No way.
2: Okay. So it just shows the importance and... Uh, for any breeders that may be out there, mothers can at times break off the whiskers. Sometimes she can get into over grooming her litter or, um, you know, there may be competition for food and the mother may may sort of push over or whatever and, and damage part of the whisker. But just, you know, they'll naturally fall off and and grow back, So, but no cutting, let nature take its course with that. And uh, I think we kind of talked about everything else. I would say that um, if you ever do look at slow motion pictures of, of your cat going after a play toy or going after prey, their muscles to fan their whiskers takes place in a fifth of a second. That's how fast those muscles react. And um, just watching the high speed photos of cats, you know, being the natural selves, it tells us so much about it. So definitely look at some videos sometime and take a look at your own cat. But I hope this has been helpful and provides a lot of information. Oh my goodness.
0: So good. It is so. I remember I
1: remember what I was gonna say when you were talking about being able to eat off the platter and how some cats have different levels of whisker fatigue, whisker stress, which I think is is probably something that we've noticed. You know, we've got some cats that are a little hoover boos. They will eat, they will eat and find food if it's in a if it's in a tube like this. They'll stick their whole thing <laughs> in there, not a problem, right? And then right. other cats are like, well, obviously I can't eat that because it's gonna bother me, um, but the the beautiful thing in watching our cats eat off the mine pet butter is fascinating because they do take their time. They sniff around. They you you watch them select where they're gonna start. And I think it's so beautiful for cats because they are little predators and they're having their meal right. to free their whiskers up so that because they're always prey animals as well. And they to be able to enjoy their meal, they have to have all their sensory functionality is functioning, so they're not feeling stressed. Are they missing something? And that has been fascinating to watch, especially with mm-hmm. Jack, who has some of the most expressive whiskers it in hard. all the land. <laughs> um, that-
2: what, you, you brought up such an important part because a lot of what I'm trying to do is to make feeding time enjoyable for our pets. Why is that important? They spent over 90 percent of their time in the wild hunting, stalking, deconstructing prey and all that. And when we sort of brought them into our world and dumped their food into bowls, we took all of the instinctive traits that made them such special creatures and said, you don't need that anymore, which is why they just inhale food from bowls. They, they, They can't explore properly properly. They can't position their body. They can't engage in a way that brings them enjoyment. And here's the key thing. This is mentally stimulating to them. You're allowing them to explore. They're using all all of their sensory circuit. So you're allowing your cat to be who they really are. And that's the gift of joy that you can give them.
0: Yes,
1: it is a beautiful thing to watch when you when you provide enrichment. I remember some of the first times we were like, uh, sure, we had like a cat tree, but we never really had shelves or like climbers or anything like that. And when you watch a cat really engage their feline instincts, it's like, wow, you really get a whole new uh, appreciation for their personality Mm -hmm. because they're able to express themselves in ways that they don't always have in our within the confines of. Our homes, our homes. But right. especially when it comes to eating, I think you know we've we've um, learned from feline behaviorists just how important bringing cats through the prey sequence is. How that really helps them exercise their feline instincts, and when and then obviously follow that up, follow that up with a treat or a meal. or a meal. Um, but how how often. Even with toys that we give them, it's not an engaged kind of thing where they're able to really go through that stalking, chasing, hunting, catching um, instincts that they have that make them these extraordinary, extraordinary things.
2: Yeah. And that's why it sort of acts as a carcass. And in the future, we'll be talking about ways where your cat can stalk the platter and circle it and then go running out and then coming back and it's giving them their feline feeding feel this is their personal feeding territory naturally eating the way they're intended to
0: yes i love that so i encourage all of you guys to the link is in the description here on both facebook and youtube shout out Um, to
1: nina she said i'm buying the platter with y'all's coat as a present for my my cat. cat who had surgery when he gets oh. better, and my other cats for being good solo cats for two weeks.
2: Oh, um, yes. yeah. I hope your cat does better.
0: Yes. Oh, yes. What a great yes. gift! What a great gift! Yeah. And you guys can use the discount code CatLadies at checkout um, uh, to receive a discount. Um, we're so, so grateful. We, This is only episode two, guys. We've got more episodes coming with Dr. Yeah. Carol. We're super excited. She's going to be teaching us all the stuff and things. And I love that we get to learn more every time we come here with you. Like, it's just, it's. And thank you for letting me share this because you're listening to me. I love talking about this. <laughs> it's I so amazing. Love it. You know what? Our, our motto is to learn, share, and grow. And, you know, sometimes you just get so busy that, the, the learning comes in like we have to like try to find time to learn. So nice. to be able to be here with you and learn new things is so, so fascinating. And for you to be able to share it with um, our audiences, um, we're just so grateful. And I have
1: to say, one of the things I'm most grateful to you for is, is your passion for learning and, and 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 taking your passion to the practical world, too, and creating something that's so enriching for our cats, which is why we're so excited to share it with everyone here. Uh, because I feel like so often we think of companion animals like cats and dogs, right? And they're so, they bring us such comfort. They're our best friends. And yet I think cats, because they're such a unique species, it's different than having a dog. And if we were going to have a gerbil or a parakeet, we'd read the book on what a parakeet's eat and what a gerbil's need, what's their bedding like. And, and what you are doing is really helping us understand, understand. not just you know, what's a good supplement or what might be helpful or what's what's a good food. This is about understanding who our cats are, like understanding them as as their own unique species. It's illuminating.
2: It is. It is. Uh, Well, and you guys are great for giving me a platform to share this and your contribution. I mean, you're helping all pet parents. I mean, it's just great. And you know what I really love? We talked about this. Cats are underappreciated in the pet world. And I'm hoping that as we share more of this information, people are going to start taking a little different attitude saying, wow, there's a lot more here because they are quite different from dogs. Like I said before, their basic form and behavior haven't changed from the wild cats that they descended from 10 to 12 million years ago that's amazing. They are wild childs, and that's why we're going to learn more and more about them too. Oh awesome. my goodness, Doctor Carol, Thank you,
0: everyone so much. She's in the yes,
2: comments. and everybody else we're is so saying grateful. thank you.
0: Thank you for the stars as well, Kendra. Um, you got stars, Doctor oh, you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank, thank everyone for joining us uh this evening to learn all about the power behind the whiskers well
1: and dr carol i'm going to let you have this last uh word on here and anything else on your mind but tony said i noticed my cat sheds his whiskers from time to time
2: yes it it does it does happen it's a very natural thing you don't have to worry about it and also as your cat ages the whiskers will turn gray or get darker. It's all a part of a natural process.
0: Isn't that cool? The other day I put on a shirt and um, Adrian's like, you have a whisker on there. I
2: was like, oh my goodness. It's like a lucky. (laughs) My lucky whisker. Yes. That's where we can't wait for next time. Uh, Okay. Thanks so much and happy new year, everybody.